up and welcome to another episode of All Things Music, presented by Liquid Sound Records. Um, happy to be here and happy to announce that we are finally on iTunes uh, after a little bit of a delay. Uh, iTunes is very picky with their cover art and the way that they uh, qu- want you to qualify to be on there. So whatever, we're on there now, so please uh, subscribe, rate five stars, uh, the whole nine yards. Um, today, I have a very special guest. Uh, his name is Danny Coleman. He is the owner, one of the owners of Central 8 Studios, also guitarist of notable gent slash progressive metal band Wide Eyes, um, who you just heard a little bit of in our intro. He was kind enough to let me use that without paying him any royalties, which is awesome. So, um, <laughs> welcome, Danny. How you doing? Not too bad. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, just, uh... Hanging out here, just got back from a trip to see my mom in North Carolina, so I still got a little bit of jet lag, but I'm here and, uh, you know, uh, ready to talk, uh, especially some metal, because that's, you know, kind of your specialty. I know you produce and engineer a lot of different genres, Um, but, uh, you know, first thing, tell me, tell us just a little bit about Central 8, you know, the story behind how it came to be what it is. Who you work with, anybody notable, because um, I know there's a lot of people, whether it's locally or regional or even nationally, that listen to this that are always looking for good new studios. So just kind of give a background on, you know, all of that stuff. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, to condense it, I guess, as much as possible, uh, originally Central 8 was started by a guy named Randy Biddle uh, back in, oof, it must have been probably 05, 06, maybe even before then. I came around in around 09. Uh, at the time, I was just making beats and... It was a popular rap studio in Akron, so I came around and started selling beats to the rappers. Uh, maybe after about a year, Randy asked if he wanted to be trained on how to actually like engineer and mix and everything. And from there, I kind of worked my way into the company. And um, maybe about four or five years ago, came to a partnership agreement with uh, the two owners at the time, Mike and Nathan. And uh, we've been kind of a trifecta ever since. Um, so, I mean, we've worked with... I've worked with... Um, uh, Bands such as uh, Affiance, um, A Sense of Purpose, a few other local metal acts. We've had a few big name rappers come through over the years. Uh, the earliest one would have been Twista, and now I mean Twista. Twista. Twista's yeah. back in the day, so yeah. I mean that was a while ago. Um, maybe four or five years ago, had Waka Flocka come through. Flocka. Yep, and uh, Boosie Badass came awesome. through. Before uh, or after his uh, jail sentence? It was after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was pretty recently, actually. Very cool. um, so I mean, and we've done mixing work for. Uh, various artists over the years. Uh, one of them actually pretty popular now, uh, Burner. Um, okay. He's from the West Coast. We've done a lot of work with him over the years, and uh, yeah, awesome, very cool. And then, then tell uh, tell everybody about you know what what I think is really cool about Central Eight is the location, at least you know where you started and how you came to be where you're at now. Sure. Yeah. So um, when I came around, we were at a location on Johnston Street in Akron. And it was this big warehouse, basically, that we rented a small space in the front from. Um, Moved out of there and literally down the street on Grant Street to this small warehouse. Um, And after a couple years there, I got this opportunity to buy a church, actually, in Norton. 
So uh, it had always kind of been a joke, actually, at the studio. Like, wouldn't that be cool to, like, move into an old church and, you know, the big acoustic rooms and stuff? So uh, it actually ended up kind of falling into our lap. We found this church in Norton. It was going for auction, so we knew that we could get a decent price on it. And uh, we ended up buying it in late 2016 and moving from Akron to Norton. And, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Um, And then uh, last thing in regards to the studio, you know, there's a lot of people who produce beats and and do those things, and that's seems to be an easier thing to do as technology gets bigger and bigger. Sure, sure. What is the transition someone can make from going from a, you know, a basement producer to being an engineer, you know, at a studio that has clients on a regular basis? You know, I think it's these days, it's really about utilizing the outreach of the internet. Honestly, um, we kind of built up our standing on word of mouth in the community. Um, but as far as branching out, um, the internet was honestly much more helpful. Uh, just the ability to reach people has become so, even though it's gotten much easier to do these things in your bedroom and stuff, uh, the ability to reach people has also grown. So it kind of, I think it evens out slightly. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, um, let's dive into wide eyes, which is really, uh, uh, interesting story. You know, I listened to wide eyes, Probably two or three years ago, found found you guys on a Spotify playlist and just kind of, no, it wasn't even that. There was a YouTube channel that went through like top gent songs of the year for like different months. Nice. And I found like a bunch of your material on there. So uh, let's do it. And then, you know, when my band went to go record, uh, we found you and uh, I don't remember how... I came to know that you were in Wide Eyes. I think I was just messaging you on Facebook or something that came up and I was like, wow, really small world because I had no idea they were even a local you know, thing. So that was really cool. But uh, you know, tell, tell everybody a little bit more about what Wide Eyes is um, as a project, how it came to be, and you know, what you do specifically in there. Sure. Yeah, Wide Eyes was kind of a weird one because I, I, mean, I had played in bands since I was 12, 13 years old, and we had always done the kind of traditional setup of two guitars, bass, drums, play shows, that kind of thing. Um, And I was living in Miami, actually around age 20. And uh, one of our guitarists, Chris Saniga, um, I'd played with him in band since I was like 16. He had hit me up and said, Hey, I met this kid, Chris Fogages, and we've been kind of writing some music. Can I send you some of these demos? So um, basically, he sent us some of the stuff, or sent me some of the stuff. And I kind of checked it out. And I wasn't really, the the whole gent thing was pretty new at the time. This is like 2009 and stuff. So like I hadn't really even heard periphery much yet or like any of that scene. And so these songs were like kind of like, oh man, this is kind of some, this is really new. Like I Mm -hmm. like this. And um, when I met Vogagis and actually got to hang out with him and stuff, he kind of, he was a huge periphery fan already at the time. He had followed Misha even before periphery really. So um, we kind of, kind of explored that genre and started writing more and more music like that. And somehow we just ended up writing 26 song album um which is really just an amalgamation of all the different songs we had individually kind of written so um we called it volume because it was you know just like a volume of work essentially um and put that out and it kind of we put it out right as like that whole instrumental gent kind of scene was taking off and there was a site called got gent at the time that was like (laughs) the hub of what was new in the gent world and we got a lot of love on there and um as we released more music i mean people just get the following kept growing and stuff so that's awesome and and i you know i'm very jealous because i love the genre so much it's it's great music to honestly zone out to you know i love i it's just it's if you you could say metal is relaxing i know it sounds like an oxymoron but that 
gent is kind of what that is. It it brings you into a different uh, thought process when listening. It's you know it can be aggressive but super melodic and tantric at the same time. Sure. Um. So my my issue as a guitarist is. I such a, I have such a hard time playing in different time signatures, even if it is bass four four. But there's just all those crazy, you know. It, I, I'll sit in the car and I'll listen to, to like Valemeyer or something. I'll try to, you know, tap where the beat is, and I I just have such a hard time doing it. I mean, was that because like you said, you played in bands that were a little different before that? Was that a challenging thing as a guitarist to figure out, or did you kind of have a natural ability for it? So. Growing up, I listened to a lot of Between the Buried and Me, like when I was in high school, and I liked like the techier side of things, like August Burns Red as well. Like right. you know, they were kind of my introduction to like odd time signatures. And the funny thing about Gent is, although it like kind of may seem at times to be out of time, ninety percent of it is four four, but it's all about syncopating around that four four to kind of create the illusion of odd times and mm-hmm. stuff. So to me, it was like the lazy man's tech music, and it was perfect, right? So. Um, I'd say one of the most important things, and I think a lot of people would agree, um, people who can self-produce and like work within like a a DAW and stuff like that when they're writing music, it becomes much easier to write that kind of music because you can sit there and kind of construct it all together um, rather than like jamming in a room and trying to think of these crazy busy riffs all in one go. You know, I can take it bar at a time and, you know, kind of build on things. Because I guess Gent is more of a, you know, there are live Gent bands. Oh, absolutely. It seems more of a... Uh, a studio first type of thing where some other yep. bands are, you know, live first then studio. It's kind of the, it was always like the joke of like, oh, the bedroom gent kids, like, you know, right. but it's, it's like SoundCloud know. rappers. Yeah, exactly, band. exactly. <laughs> but now it's like a huge part of the metal scene. Exactly. Just like SoundCloud rappers are a huge part of the rap industry. Yeah. So, yeah. And even, and even, you know, some other genres like metalcore, deathcore, all those things are, are kind of introducing gent in the genre, which just not, was not a thing at the time. Oh, absolutely. So really you hear the influence everything. everywhere. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that do know Danny Coleman and some that don't, Danny is one of the more uh, left-leaning <laughs> uh, individuals. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I try to stay away from politics and music. But I did have an interesting question for him because I was thinking about this. And, you know, you pride yourself on being a socialist. Sure. Um, you know, with those ideologies, if socialism was a thing you know, a, a, a mainstream thing in the world, let's say. Yeah. What would the music industry look like? I mean, how would it be structured? Because it obviously would be different. I mean, music and capitalism right now are kind of hand in hand um, as far as, you know, earning, and some people take the easy way, but earning your popularity or your money. Um, so with that said, how would how do you imagine a socialist music industry? That is an interesting question. Um, honestly, it kind of, going off the top of my head, I'd say it honestly would probably alleviate a lot of the complaints that I have about the music industry. Um, I think so much of it is so profit-driven that not it's almost been, it's been anti-innovative in a way, because if you think about it, uh, things like Napster, LimeWire, all that stuff came about, and they saw it as like the enemy. When immediately they should have seen it as the future, right? right. They should have, but, which it is now, honestly. Yeah, well, because they had no choice. Right. You know, finally Spotify perfected the formula, and yes. it became like, oh, well, what are we gonna do? <laughs> but it's like when those f- things first came around, they were driven by profit to not kind of go in that direction because they were like, wait, 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 wait we're gonna lose a bunch of money. Which you, I mean, as you've experienced, mm-hmm. streaming isn't the most profitable not way to go all. about things. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you think about the way 
the music industry is i mean a lot of maybe we're just cynical in our kind of genres and stuff mm-hmm. but like the reason for pop music might not necessarily be because it's the best music absolutely not. it's something that's market driven right you and, know, and the people who don't really you know care about what they're listening to like other genres and not to say that po- people that are like top 40 don't care but they just care less i guess sure you know it's very uh, a surface genre so when people uh, listen to it, they're just kind of listening to it because it's on the radio rather than listening to it because they discovered it. You yeah. know? Um, I feel like not just pop, but even country music would be such a different, you know, scene if, you know, there was that socialist type of music industry because you'd have a lot of the old country Western guys instead of the, you know, the guys that are real mainstream now. So, yeah, I guess that's a good thing. The only thing that would would worry me is... You know, if to be, you know, it's all and well and good to say, all right, I'm a musician for music first because everybody should be. Mm-hmm. But there has to be some semblance of, you know, uh, motivation to make money or else you're kind of going to remain stagnant in, in, in not want to, depending on your genre, of course. I mean, I'd say 99% of the people that make music don't make a profit off of it and still seem to make it, right? Well, make it is is create subjective. the music. I should oh, not make yes. it, make it, but yeah. still, people will make the music regardless. Yeah, right? but how many of those people in their minds they want to get big? I mean, most of them probably want to get big. They just don't for very some reasons. to an extent. I, I mean, obviously, there's I don't, but I don't even know if the people who want to get big, quote unquote, want to do so because they want to become a multimillionaire or because they want the fame, the stardom, you know, the recognition for their creation. You know? Yeah, I don't know. That is, uh, I'd be a good poll to do. Like, if you could be touring the world and you know playing in front of thousands of people, but only make, let's say, fifty thousand a year. I bet you there's some people that would probably be like, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's still better than working in a factory and I making like, I mean, true. it's the job does matter, right? Right. I, I think they've experimented on this a lot. Like they've like looked at like doctors, what would happen if they kept lowering and lowering the pay? And it turns out that like most still would stay in that career field because that's what they like to do. Right, and it's what they know. Yeah, right. and so, I mean, it's... um. I think people are a little more driven to do things than just simply by making money. Not that it's not important, especially if the overall system is capitalist and money is required to live, then mm-hmm. like it should be no doubt that people are, you know, driven to make money so they can survive. But, right. But here the other problem is what, you know, would happen to all of these, you know, subsets of the music industry that require an investment from artists and bands. So like, you know, whether it's Spotify aggregators, you know, booking talent buyers, uh, sponsors, all these people who really drive where musicians go if the musicians aren't making enough money to invest in their career what happens to those those companies well i guess where's the assumption that people wouldn't be making money in these so i guess the the, it would just be a change in the organization of how the industry works so rather than having a few record label executives at the top making top-down decisions you would have the artists basically in control of what is happening and the workers within that industry even the people you're referencing yourself so i mean that would be if we're talking about a shift to a sort of socialist music industry that would be what I would say is like the the fundamental part of what that shift would be is that the the control and direction of the industry wouldn't be at the coming from the top down. It would be a bottom up thing. So would managers and A and R's still exist? Maybe. I mean, obviously, I think from the perspective of the fact that bands just, I mean, you don't have the time to do a lot of those things, which is why you hire out these things. So mm-hmm. I mean, sure, it probably wouldn't work in the sense that 
as a band, like hiring workers to work for you, you know, you would bring people onto your team, so right. to speak. So um, it'd be a little, it's basically about the way you structure it rather than the getting rid of certain roles or adding certain roles or I just, anything. I'm imagining like certain labels right now and thinking of if the bands just controlled themselves. And I'm, you know, this isn't pop or whatever, but this is like yeah, metal. Fallout Boy would still be awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. That's a stretch. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge Fallout Boy fan. They had one good song. Oh, that's Trigger were going I, down. I grew up loving them, but. I know. I have my pop punk. Uh, guilty pleasures. I really like Newfound Glory. Um, yeah, but, great band. Uh, you know, most pop punk. I just can't. That's my roots. So yeah, know, before metal, there was pop punk for Fair me. Fair enough. So yeah. Danny's not much of a sports fan, but I've got something cool uh, today for oh, you. Oh boy. Um, I don't know if you know. I just had it on before you came in. Uh, March Madness is happening right now. So. Which is what sport? Oh goodness. Uh, college basketball. Nice. So every year in March and April. They have 64 teams that are in this bracket. So yeah, yeah, yeah. W- winner goes on the next round, next round, until there's a national champion. Um, so what I did last night is I came up with a metal bracket, 64 bands in certain categories. Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through each matchup. And I'm going to give you, you know, final say in who moves on to the next round. I'm going to be here to kind of give the dissonance of it, give you the, 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 whether I agree or disagree, but I'll okay. give you the, the devil's advocate of it. So I've got the brackets right here. Um, the type is really small. So if you can't read it, let me know. So I, and I'm going to, by the way, if you're listening to this, I'm going to put this picture on all the liquid sound record, social media pages, as well as my personal Facebook page. Uh, if you can't find it, just message me and I will send it to you. Um, I'm going to get a pen here. So I fill it out. So we know where we're going. Um, so there are four quadrants, and I seeded them too. So everything is seeded based on their popularity or whether I, you know, feel that they're superior, inferior, or whatever. So the matchups make a lot of sense. Sure. Um, so there's four quadrants: there's metalcore, gent, deathcore, and legends. And legends is kind of the the old school, or even some of the new bands that are too big to really have a category. Sure. Um, so this should be really interesting. Um. Let's start out with metalcore. So, you know, in the top, I've got your favorite, Killswitch Engage. Oh, man. I know. It's tough because I had to put it, Killswitch as a number one seed because when you think of metalcore. Yeah, they are I mean, metalcore. They are metalcore. Yeah, 100%. And uh, 16 seeds. So the last seed in metalcore is Barrier Dead because, you know, they, they were a really good metalcore band at one point. They just completely fallen off the face of the earth. Um, so between that matchup, who would you take? Yeah, I'd go kill switch honestly. Okay, riffier. Yeah, they're they're riffier, and like I said, Barrier Dead was great. Color of Money was one of my favorite songs growing up. But yeah, that's some high school stuff for me. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. And even when they got that other singer, he was really good. He had that soulful type of vocal, and I don't know. I just wish I put him on this list because I really like him. Nobody on this list I don't like. It's just you know when you're. Even in the March Madness and with the basketball, there's only ever been one six, 16 seed to upset a one seed. So I kind of put him in there knowing that Killswitch was going to sure. run away with that one. Fair enough. All right. Um, so We Came as Romans versus Ice Nine Kills. And this one is an eight, nine seed. So they're pretty close together as far as where they are in the industry. I'm going Ice Nine Kills. Oh, yeah? Uh, personal bias. Pat's their drummer. Former drummer of Affiance. I love Pat. Ah, I didn't know that. So yeah. I learned something there. Yeah, Very yeah. Very cool. I like them because they have that real horror type of theme. I love when bands like 
run with a theme. Have a, yeah, they have like a gimmick or right, a bit. You know? Right, I yeah. hate to use the word gimmick because they're such a it's, stigma. Yeah, it's, but at the same time, it's like, that's what it is. And it's cool. It like, is. Why not? Right. Slipknot had a gimmick and it worked out really great yeah. for them. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, and I, I feel really guilty putting not moving We Came as Romans because they just lost um, one of their members. Um, and I was uh. lucky to see him last year. But Ice Nine Kills, great yeah, band. Yeah, sorry, I, I gotta go Ice Nine. So, uh, you know, it's an 8-9 matchup. It's, it's something that... that you know, you could go either way with that one. So then we have uh, fifth seed August Burns Red versus the twelfth seed Miss May I. And you know, I, I have a feeling where you're gonna go. Yeah, I'm going ABR. All right, August yeah. Burns Red, and yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I figured as much. I like Miss May I. They're from Dayton, and it, they're they're a really good band. But something about August Burns Red and their musicality is just superior to a lot of people. So. Yeah, and honestly, I think of Miss May I, and for some reason, I think of just like. I don't know, like hair swoops and girl jeans and like just oh, wow. 2007 everything, but yeah. Oh god. Well, hey, you know what? They're still touring, so they're doing something. I don't even right? know if they were around yet in 2007, <laughs> but yeah, they probably were. That's in what high they take me back to as soon as I hear their name. So yeah. Right. Fair enough. Um, so this one, and I was a little biased with the seating here, but uh, number four, Wage War versus number 13, Silent Planet. Gonna go Wage War. Good choice. Uh, strictly on this is like a horrible way to decide this, but uh, probably clean vocals. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Huh. Or should I just call it singing because that's just what it is? Right. Yeah. I go with it because so I don't know. Silent Planet's vocalist doesn't really do too much for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. He's very, uh, you know, it's just kind of there, you know. Um, Wage War, man. I just that you know that guitar tone that they have. I. It's so hard to replicate. Yeah, I those don't know fenders are sick. Man, it's just something else. I really wish uh, uh, I knew exactly what they were doing, but they're so much fun to see, and I've always been a fan of Wage War. Um, now we get to a pretty uh, um, what a controversial matchup here with Azalea Dying oh, and Unearth. I know Tim Lambesis. You don't, you know, do you pick him? Despite. Do you... Dude, I feel like everyone in this city disagrees with me on this. Like, I haven't found one person that I've explained my case on SLA dying, and they've been like, "Yeah, that's that makes sense." Like, everyone's just like, "Forgive him, I love this band." Well, here, here's your opportunity to I just counter argument. I just I don't like the whole thing of like, "Oh, they're my favorite band, so I'm gonna let this go." When in reality, when it, if it was any other situation or any other person, I'd be much more angry about this, and I'd be you know they'd be canceled, quote unquote. But for Fair. some reason, with this band, it's like. He served his time to society, so well, let's forgive him. And that's it's like, a good point because right, I think well. that Asley dying is one of the founding fathers of metalcore, modern metalcore. Yeah, yeah, no, so I'd, I'd I think agree. When people defend him like that. There is a inherent bias that's like, how can I say that the one of the reasons why metalcore is so big as it is, you know, um, how can I even? persecute him he you know did all of his time and all of that yeah there's got to be a line right there does absolutely and i'm kind of i'm riding that line because yeah. i'm just like you know i love them that new song that came out with was amazing but and they're honestly i feel also very bad because as the guitarists and drummers and, and basses of those of that band that everybody not that that's not tim you, they didn't do anything wrong. True, up until they basically took him back and re and like essentially endorsed his apology, I guess. Yeah, but here's the: Do you not believe in forgiveness? Oh well, okay. Well, for, I don't even know what that means, really. But <laughs> as far as like paying your debt to society and then being given a second chance, right. I do believe that. However, I believe his privilege. I mean, three years for hiring a hitman to kill your wife. Fair enough. 
tell me a name one poor person that yeah. could get that kind of sentence. Probably like, nobody. So now, had he given been given a fair sentence, you know, and actually served his time, probably then maybe we could talk about that. But fair enough. Um, I guess at the end of the day, though, the market decides, and it seems like everyone disagrees with me on this, except for what was it, Memphis? That can't. Oh yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, they were, <laughs> yeah. they got pretty SJW down there, huh? Yes. Yeah, good sure for them. Um, all right, well, who are you gonna pick here? As lay dying or on earth? Whew. Uh, if we're going strictly on music, honestly, no, on earth, because you know Ken Susie, man, dude, I love on dude earth. shreds. I, I'm a huge on earth fan. I saw them for the first time at Warp Tour last year, and. Uh, I listened to the, actually discovered them through Headbangers Ball Volume Two back in 2003, I think it was. Nice. And uh, man, his his scream is very unique. You instantly recognize it, and their their guitars are just they, they do these brutal breakdowns, but with really good technical guitar yeah. that, and shredding that you just don't find with some of these other new metalcore bands. So, dude, I used to go see him at Peabody's, and he would just I forget what song it was, but he would do this sweeping guitar solo that he'd do it behind his head. Oh my God. When I was like 16, I thought that was the That's coolest insane. thing in the world. And uh, hey, I'll, I'll never forget that, right? <laughs> um, all right, so this one is... And, uh, it'll be interesting to see what you pick, but you know, I put number three, Motionless and White, because honestly, they're huge. And the girls love them. And uh, number 14, Icy Stars, who I really enjoy because they do a lot of electronic uh, metal. I saw them live. They weren't as good as I they were on record. Yeah. But uh, they their production value is really good. So who would you take in that? Icy Stars all day. Really? Yeah, I love Icy Stars, okay. actually. Okay, interesting. So we got a 14-3 upset here. And uh, sorry, ladies, but uh, Motionless and White is gone. <laughs> yeah, come on. Devin's voice is way better. <laughs> All right. So 710 here, and I, I can almost guarantee we'll disagree, but we'll see. Uh, we've got number seven, Bleeding Through, and number 10, Architects. Uh, architects. Uh, see? Okay. What? I grew up on Bleeding Through. Uh, I love Bleeding Through. They were literally one of the founding fathers of Metalcore. Sure. I, I'll agree to that. And they always had a girl in their band who was freaking hot as hell. Um, okay. Yeah, I know it means. Nothing, yeah, I was like, I don't whatever. think that's. A... <laughs> um, and they did a really good job of of mixing keyboards in metalcore early on, and his clean vocals sure. are really unique too. Yeah. You know, but um, Architects, I'm newer to. I get to see them live for the first time in May, so I I might change my opinion, but fair enough. We'll go Architects there. So mm. we got another upset, ten seven, and that upset is probably due to my bias. Yep. Um. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so. Finally, in the first round of the metalcore bracket, we have Attila, number two, versus number 15, the Devil Wears Prada. Attila. Good call. So, <clears throat> Devil Wears Prada has had a couple good songs. Again, they're also from Ohio, but... Yeah, I grew I, up listening to them, They're for just... Sure. For me, they're too... Are they... Well, are they a Christian band? I, I never... There was this time period where labeling yourself a Christian band basically meant you could like get on solid state oh or rise right. or whatever the Christian labels were at the time. But like there was not a single, all they would do that would make them a Christian band is they would like say something about God at the show. Right. And at the time, I think maybe people were a little more religious. I don't know how much that really flies these days, especially yeah. in our generation. Like we're pretty secular overall. Right. Even those that are religious don't like to be like, you know, praying at a show. Right. So, like, exactly. Um, I don't know if there's really a market for that anymore. I'm sure if you asked them, they'd probably say like, yeah, we're a Christian band. Okay. But Yeah, I don't know. They just didn't seem 
I don't think Attila is enough for me, you know. And then you have Attila. There's literally the opposite of a Christian band. Yeah, so I don't think they're very Christian. No, but that's okay. Franz is, <laughs> you know, people don't like Franz, but I, I, I kind of. Like I love Franz. that dude. Yeah, he's, he's hilarious. All right, so what I want to do is fill out each genre bracket before we move on to the next one, so we're on the same. Topic. Sure, sure. Um, so let's go back up. Now we have Kill Switch Engage versus Ice Nine Kills. Ah, uh, since I just have no particular interest in kill switch i'll go ice nine honestly the one seed goes down wow yeah i mean i I just i don't do that whole apratic singing thing man and like i get that they're like the founders of metalcore but it's like sweet man that was 20 years ago do something new so do you like howard or jesse better as a vocalist uh i think if i'm not mistaking the two i want to say i think i like jesse better jesse's the white guy howard's black guy yeah but i'm <laughs> trying to think of their voice i think howard was the one who had that really like ooh, yes. like yeah yeah and the heartache and all that yeah stuff. not into that sound okay, man fair enough fair enough i mean it works um now we got august burns red versus wage war abr yeah yeah i figured that was gonna happen and you know if i stand outside my bias i'd probably say abr too yeah i just have a hard on for a wage war so um Unearth and Icy Stars. This is probably a tough one. Uh, I'd go Icy Stars, honestly. Wow. Only because I don't know how relevant Unearth even is at this point. Well, like, they played Warp last year. And I'm sure they're still new like, album last doing year. it, but like, are they really like making like a splash in the scene with so like, new music? So here's what's interesting, and it's, it's funny you bring that up. When I was at Warped and they played, you know, you had other bands like Kublai Khan, Wage War. Uh, sure. Uh, a bunch. Uh, Chelsea Grin was there. And uh, it's all breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. And then when Unearth came on, I did some like crowd viewing, and people would kind of get psyched for the breakdowns. But since it was such more musically inclined, a lot of the young kids were like, "Eh, yeah, didn't like, have the energy." This is sad because you know this is sick. Like it's awesome, but whatever. Just because I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, it was just annoying. Um. All right, this one might be tough for you. Architects and Attila. Architects. Wow. So Franz goes down. Hilarious doesn't beat like incredibly talented for me. Like I love Attila; they're funny as hell. But like, Architects is great. You know, it's funny that you just call them funny because when when I listen to them, I'm not like, oh, this is humor metal. It's not like Psycho Stick. You know, it's really like, yeah. I laugh my ass off listening to that really? stuff. Oh, yeah. maybe I just take it seriously, which is maybe not what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he but does like those diss tracks, like, oh come yeah, on, yeah, like man. the call outs. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Those hilarious. Are good. Um, all right, now back to the top. We have Ice Nine Kills versus August Burns Red. Ah, uh, ABR, yeah. Okay, okay. I see where this is going. Yeah. And, and that's in the semifinals here. And Icy Stars versus Architects. Architects. All right. Oof. So, in our the first team of our final four that will represent Metalcore, it's either going to be August Burns Red or Architects. Where, that's where so difficult. Go? Hold on, give me one second. Okay. You know what? You know it's architects. It's architects. architects. Yeah. Wow. Just because like people are so triggered right now. Probably. <laughs> I mean, if we wanted to say like who's the more influential, I'd say ABR obviously. But as far as like if I'm choosing a band that I'm gonna listen to right now between those two, it's gonna be Architects, man. All I have to say, does Architects have a Christmas album? No, they don't. Exactly. But I do. <laughs> That's where I would go. But. I digress. So we are done with the metalcore section. Sick. Now we're going to go to the gent section. And I was kind of liberal with gent. Yeah, I I'm so triggered that metal. you put BT Bam in there. I know. I did it's some, fine, put though. some math core and some progressive metal and stuff. But, you know, I had to have a number one seed that was just a powerhouse. And that just makes sense. Sure. So 
with that beginning, we will start with the number one versus number 16 uh, between the very enemy and enemy AC-130 buff. Have you heard of enemy AC-130 buff? I have not. So I didn't think you would. They're very... So that name comes from Call of Duty, which is hilarious. Okay, yeah, itself. Yeah. They are a really good gent deathcore. So like a lot of gents more melodic and stuff. Their gent is just freaking brutal, like sure. melt-to-your-face stuff. Um, but I had to put someone at 16. I figured this was just a throwaway game anyways. Between the Buried Me wins that one. Yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of bands that are going to beat them anyways for me. But yeah. Well, we will find out. Yeah, we'll we? see. <laughs> All right, so then we have eight versus nine. We got Monuments versus Volumes. Monuments. Wow. Really? I like Volumes a lot, but I felt like they like, I don't know, they've been trying to do this kind of like pop thing, which I'm not against at all. I love, you know, anytime pop metal is like right. done well, but like I don't know if they do it well, honestly. Really? I don't know. I'm I'm still like kind of mixed on them, but like Monuments, I'm not mixed at all. Okay. I I love Monuments. Okay, so. fair enough. I saw Volumes uh, actually open for Attila last summer and it was that was a great show. I mean, uh, that for Via, that record Via was mm-hmm. amazing, but the newer stuff, eh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um all right, again, took some some liberties here with uh, Dillinger Escape Plan because they're not gent, they're just progressive. It's and, like mathcore, yeah. But it kind of falls under the same big umbrella. It's, so it's like the progressive umbrella. Right, exactly. So five number five Dillinger Escape Plan and number twelve Born of Osiris. Ugh. Born of Osiris for me, honestly. Really? Yeah. Wow. I if Sean uh the butcher is listening from Sirius XM, I talk to him every now and then. Uh he is the biggest uh, Dillinger fan. Oh yeah, I know, and he will be pissed at you. <laughs> but I don't know. They never really. Not that they were ever like bad, but I just like. Yeah, it never. Every time I listen to a Dillinger Escape Plan song, I'm just like, cool. Have I you don't seen them live. I have not. That I don't. I don't opinion. judge don't bands based on that though. Really? Because I don't really care. I don't really go to a lot of shows anyways. Right, so like, how, how does the record sound? Is what I care about. Well, see so. that that might actually be interesting because, like I said, when I saw Born of Osiris live. A few months ago, they were terrible. Yeah, they might be. I don't know. Their recordings are amazing, but their live is just just really overproduced. Yeah. But, uh, uh, we'll go on. Uh, number four, Animals as Leaders versus number 13. Oh, come on. That's I know. so hard. I know. Oh. I, I had to. I'm going to give it to Gadinja, honestly. Oh, my god! I know, You're I know. Tosin Abasi already. I know. I love Tosin so much, but between those two... If this was like Desert Island and I had to pick, I'd go Kadinja, man. Fair enough. That's the new new. Fair enough. All right, we've got uh, number six, Velamaya versus number 11, Era. God, these are hard. I, these are well, really I hard. I figured the jet category is going to be hard for you. Uh, I'm going to go with Era. Wow. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. I think they're, uh, I think Jesse's like chorus writing and stuff is just better okay than uh what Vale does okay. Vale's really good but i think air is better at doing the pop metal thing that Vale's kind of trying to do now mm-hmm. uh should i say like pop gent but i guess um, i'm living in the past because you know when i heard Vale of my that was one of the first gen bands i ever heard yeah like, well they've changed quite a bit have, you know yeah they, but they sing now <laughs> like right yeah. right everybody evolves so to speak yep so I guess Era will be uh, the answer there. Um, so now we have number three, Periphery. Oh, finally an easy one. And number 14, Hacktivist. Yeah, I figure Periphery. periphery. And Hacktivist is really cool. They're cool, but... Yeah. Uh, it, they, if people don't know about Hacktivist, they are from England, I believe, and they play yeah. like these stupid low tunings that are just, I don't know, drop F sharp and drop E and all these ridiculous yeah, things. my comfort zone. Your, you your comfort zone, the nine and ten string guitars, which I have <laughs> no idea what to do with my hands when I... 
grab one of those. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're pretty cool. But yeah, Periphery is legendary. Um, so they move on. Um, now we have. Did I put Era twice? I, I think did you did. Put Era you twice. love Era. Wow, I put another band there, and I must have forgot to change it. So I guess Tesseract gets a pass. Yeah, they just kind of win by yeah, default then, yeah. huh? Well, Tesseract I'm okay gets with a buy. It's okay. Uh, Tesseract. All right. So next one, we've got number two, Meshuggah, versus number 15, Currents. This should be an obvious one. Yeah, I don't even know Currents. So, really? yeah, no. So oh. I'll go okay. straight to Meshuggah, honestly. Let's go Meshuggah, which is fine because Meshuggah was going to win whether you knew Currents or not. Yeah, probably. Uh, they're just, you know, they were Gent before Gent existed. I don't know. I like to be controversial, though, so. Uh, yes, we'll I know that. I know that. <laughs> All right, so now we move on to the second round. We have Between the Buried Me and Monuments. Oh, uh, I love Monuments, but I got to do BT yeah, Bam, honestly. Feel real guilty yeah, I can't. So that's fair. There's um, too much history between me and BT Bam. Yeah. Uh, all right, now we got Born of Osiris and Kadinja. Uh, I'd go Kadinja in that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna have some we're gonna have some major underdogs in this section of the bracket, and it will be really interesting to see how this all shapes up when we do the other two categories, era and periphery. Periphery. Thank you. I was yeah, gonna no, be a little was... bit like, all right, all right, and then tesseract and Meshuggah. Uh, I'd go tesseract. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't see that coming either. Now I, I haven't seen Meshuggah live yet, and I'm seeing them in May, so I'm excited for that. But I don't know. They just they've been around for what. Almost thirty years. Yeah, you know? yeah. Their influence on the genre like can't be understated, but at the same time, it's like that's just the root, and then like people took that and made it better. So I feel so. like you are very much a voter of what have you done for me lately? Am am I am I right on that? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a thing. Interesting, because I I like to look at the whole body of work. You know? Sure. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just like it doesn't matter what it sounded like twenty years ago, right? That's fair. It's, it's but, not twenty but years ago. Can you play bleed on guitar? Uh, yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I was gonna be like, well, if you can't play bleed on guitar, because most people can't, but apparently you can. So it's just like that's the thing about their songs, though. Is it's like this is an oversimplification, but it's like essentially just like one groove that it like is. just keeps going. But the groove is so. It's a really hard. hard groove, but like all you have to do is get that groove, and then you got it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and, and fun story: uh, Chris Vogages, our guitarist slash drummer in Wide Eyes, he can play it on drums, which would be a much more difficult yeah, task, absolutely. in my opinion. Yeah. It's funny because when I show people who don't know what gent is, mm. the genre, and I'm always like, "Listen to that guitar; it's amazing." They're like, "The guitar." The drums are extremely impressive. I'm like, oh, I really wasn't thinking Yeah, the about drums are it. always actually really more like the guitars are like they're just kind of fast and like weird rhythms, but like if you can get that, it's like mm. I don't know, all the like the ghost notes and hi hat stomps, all the intricacies where they brought like church drumming into metal. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's funny, I was watching a YouTube video the other day of Animals as Leaders and they were at Brutal Assault uh playing live. Yeah. And you got Tosin and the other guy, I have no idea what the other guy's name is. Javier. And, okay, thank you. And uh, they're playing, and you know they look pretty relaxed. Whatever they're, you know, they're moving their fingers real fast, mm -hmm. but they're not, you know, uh, labor intense. And their drummer is sitting there sweating balls, like through his shirt, looking yeah. like he just went through war. I'm like, man, poor guy, because you know it's it's the same thing, but he's doing like way more labor work, you know, sure. physical activity. So, um, physical education. I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> So next we have between the buried and me and Kadinja. Oh, yeah, I'll still go BT Bam honestly. All right. I'm gonna have the worst. Matter. I already know where this is going, and yep. I hate it. Yep. It's Periphery be... and Tesseract. 
Uh, I'd go periphery. All right. Yeah. And we are at a crossroads, which I figured we'd probably get to no matter what happened. Um, yeah. So what, what do you pick between between the Barry to me and periphery? It hurts, but I'd go periphery for sure. It's a smart move. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I like between the Barry to me, but again, who is – I don't want to say relevant. That's not the right word. But, you know – I see. If I feel like periphery evolves faster. Yeah, and if if I had to go to my core, like who has influenced me more overall, it'd be periphery for okay. sure. Like BT Bam was like what brought me into progressive metal, but like a lot of my playing style and like the way I write is heavily influenced by Misha's kind of contribution to the genre. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, so we're done with the gent uh, category. Now we're going to move on to my personal favorite subgenre of metal, which is deathcore. Noise. It's not noise. <laughs> it's just evil metalcore. That's what I call it, but I love it. Um, all right, so I've got the number one seed, Whitechapel, which they should be number one seed, versus All Shall Perish. I'd go Whitechapel. Thank you. Uh, they actually just came out with a new song today that has no growls in it. Which is really interesting. Oh yeah, my buddy was telling me that that's kind of the direction they're heading in. It, so I mean, I don't know. My opinion of them might change if might, this new record. But is even horrible, his but. singing voice is so Maynard James Keenan esque. Yeah. Yeah, very much like a like Tool, but they have some really good songs that are really heavy on this album. Um, I'd love like I've seen them so many times. First time I saw them was Mayhem Festival, two thousand eight. R.I.P. Mayhem Festival. Probably one of the best touring festivals of all time. If never I, went you never went no oh my god it's like warp tour but every stage is super heavy yeah which is awesome sounds way better than warp tour yes <laughs> so uh the eight nine matchup i put someone who kind of started deathcore and someone who also kind of started deathcore uh despised icon versus job for a cowboy i'd go job for a cowboy yeah Cause they were, there was that the band that evolution from like gimmicky scene deathcore like their like original album to like really accomplished well-written like just kind of death metal music yeah like, it changed completely is, i mean Entombment of a machine is a classic but it's like but four chords dude it is four chords <laughs> and pig squeals and kind of yeah know, whatever and now it's like they're almost not even deathcore at this point they're yeah just, they're not they're they're really uh kind of like a melodic death metal type thing right. and i really like it honestly mm-hmm. every time i've heard their newer albums i'm like um oh, and their bassist is just like always doing something sick Killing that I, like it, right. i never thought would sound good in a metal context but does and it's like right sick and i like despised icon don't get me wrong they kind of started yeah before, um but yeah job for cowboy is still relevant whereas despised icon nah. i don't even think they're around anymore I, I haven't heard that name in so long yeah. at this point yeah um all right number five the acacia strain versus number 12 thy art is murder That's so easy the acacia, acacia strain. i figured because acacia strain also you know i started listening of, to them when i was 15 man so that's like fair enough I and they kind them. of go into what we were talking about before they do a little bit of gen z stuff too yeah so. someone they just i don't know they they really they haven't fallen off for me every album they come out with it's new it's like they don't do anything like like brave or progressive and like mm. changing their sounds because they are who they are, but like they still just do it really well. Right. So yeah. absolutely makes sense. Um, now this one, I put a real old school person against the band that I love. Um, number four, Carnifex versus number 13, Winds of Plague. Ah, uh, both of those bands are so irrelevant to me at this point, <laughs> but I'd say Winds of Plague. Thank you. We just, got an upset. And I'm not, I'm not a just for the memes, that. you know, <laughs> just for the memes. Come on. <laughs> 
Uh, so I saw Carnifex at Warp two years ago, and they're still pretty good. Yeah, they do that sick deathcore version of Heretic Anthem by Slipknot. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, um, but I didn't even know they did that. Winds of Plague is just whether irrelevant or not these days. And I know their new album. He kind of ditched the low growl. Yeah, I don't know why, because dude, that low growl was just so... really all I care about was that first album. Yeah, yeah, that uh, decimate the week and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I, that's fair that's, enough. That I, stuff the was first so two because uh, Chest and Horns was good too. But uh, yeah, their first couple were just yeah awesome and melodic. And again, they had a really hot girl that played uh, bass or keyboard. Or you something. love it when there's a hot girl in the band. You know, I do. But uh, we'll move on. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, we got number six after the burial and number eleven Oceano. Uh, after the burial. Yeah. Yeah, I love Oceano, but not nearly as much. I, I mean, I would put if we were going to categorize this, I'd put after the burial in the the, in the gent, gent category. category. I think they're kind of. But opposed. there are definitely a lot of elements of the death chorus yeah. sound to them. Yeah. Yeah. But. So fair enough. And uh, that might end up being a uh, detriment to what I did in this bracket because probably after the beer, it might go pretty far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we have number three, Chelsea Grin, um, versus number 14, Through the Eyes of the Dead. Oof. Uh, I'd give it to Through the Eyes of the Dead, wow. honestly. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, Chelsea Grin had that one good record where they had Jason Richardson on it. So that was pretty cool. So have you not heard the new record? I don't know. Is Marge Simpson still doing vocals? <laughs> No, uh, what's his name? God damn it, uh, Lorna Shore guy. Uh, Does he sound like Marge Simpson too? No. What uh, are you talking about, Marge Simpson? The Chelsea Grin screamer sounded exactly like Marge Simpson. Oh it was gosh. the worst scream. No, this like, guy is legit. Whoever dude. whoever put that guy in a studio and was like, "That sounds awesome." Like that guy goes to the gulags for <laughs> sure. Fair enough. I don't know. I'm a big Chelsea Grin <laughs> fan, but I will give you through the eyes of the dead. Um, especially because I actually the first time I ever saw them was um, what is that song? Uh, something from the main artery. I can't remember what it. Was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh oh oh. One oh. inch from the main artery. Two inch from it. Two inches from the main artery. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw them at two thousand six. Sounds of the Underground. Nice. I was the there America. actually. Were you? Yeah, up in Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, that's funny because actually, so I went with my cousin and we watched a couple of bands and uh, the Chariot played. Yep. You remember them? Oh, I loved the Chariot. Did you? Yeah. Because I oh, didn't. Yeah. Really? So what ended up happening was they played and then they got off stage and did their thing and then they sat behind us and I didn't realize it was them. And I turned to my cousin and I go, man, that Chariot band, they were not good. They kind of sucked. Oh, and he goes, no. He goes, Brian. Like what? He's like, look, look behind you. <laughs> Fuck. Whoops. <laughs> yep. Uh, Horse the band was there. Did you like Norma Jean? Yeah. Because it was the same vocalist from Norma Jean that was in the Chariot at that time. Yeah. Uh, what was? Oh, really? I mean, what was his name? God, this is so old. Sco Josh Sco. I don't even. Norma remember. still does stuff. Yeah, 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 they're still yeah. around. Interesting. I didn't know that. And then Chariot I was just the more aggressive and noisy version of Norma Jean. True. To me. Uh, do you remember what happened with Terror that day when they played? No. So they played, they were on the bill, mm -hmm. and the drummer's, like, I think his kick drum uh, tore up or something. Really? And he threw his whole set, and he walked off stage, and they played one song. Yeah. Dude, I don't remember that yeah, at all. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was crazy. And actually, your favorite Azalea Dying headlined that show. Yeah, and then... <laughs> Guar. Guar was there. That Cannibal was the thing Corpse. I remember, like, because they had the giant cannons, yep. and I was like, "What is happening?" Oh yeah. Because I was there for some of the more like kind of undergroundy sceny bands. I wasn't mm -hmm. really there for any of the major acts. Fair and, 
seeing that was like i just remember some guy came up to me when i first got to the show because i was like 15 or 16 and this guy just comes up to me with a guar shirt and he's just like guar and i'm like what is happening right now where am i yeah, i guess if you've never seen guar before no or their fans times. oh my god oh yeah god. their fans are crazy grimy people in flames was there as like dying was there yeah uh cannibal corpse like i said a few other ones but uh, that was a good show anyways um we will move on to number seven emir versus number 10 lorna shore emir yes I like Amir. People, I feel like, hate Amir for some reason, but I love so Amir. So, my issue is, why the hell do people call Amir new metal? I don't get it. Yeah, that's... It you, doesn't sound yeah, at all like new metal. No, you go to the gulags if you say that. Yeah, but people do all the time. I don't know yeah, where dumb. that connection comes from, but fair enough. Um, number two, Suicide Silence versus number 15, Make Them Suffer. I don't even know Make Them Suffer. You don't so. know Make Them Suffer? <laughs> no. Oh, well, they're on tour with Chelsea Green, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd go Suicide Silence for All sure because they're right. sick. Suicide Silence, it is. R.I.P. Mitch. Um, yep. Next one, so we're gonna go to the second round. White Chapel versus Jopper Cowboy. White Chapel. Good choice. And we're gonna go Casey Strain versus Wins the Plague. Casey Strain. All right, I figured that would happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, after the burial versus Through the Eyes of the Dead. Pretty obvious. After, after the, the burial. burial. Yep. Yep. And Amir versus Suicide Silence. Uh, Amir. Amir, wow. Yeah. Okay. And is that because the new vocalist kind of stinks? Uh, no, I just think Amir is cooler. Okay. I don't enough. know. Although I heard that, uh, oh, what's his name? What's the lead singer's name now? Frankie. Frankie. I yeah. He's kind of not the nicest guy. Yeah, probably not. He seems like kind of a jerk, but I've never he's met really him good. So. so if you know, if I meet him and he's a nice guy, I'll retract that statement, even though it's not really a statement. I just questioned. <laughs> but yeah <laughs> sure yeah. yeah absolutely so uh now we have white chapel versus the acacia strain uh whew. Mm-hmm. i'd go acacia strain actually wow. yeah heavier the i know the godfathers of metal or deathcore are gone so acacia strain is there after the burial versus a mirror. After the burial. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so we, sorry. There's there's an inherent bias no, towards a so really now awesome we have the band. Two bands that were just on tour with each other that tour with each other all the time. So, although between these two, I'm gonna pick the Acacia Strain for sure. Really? Yeah. But I didn't see that coming. No, they. I mean, because I'm I'm trying to remember though. We are in the death core. Yes. So I'm trying to judge it based Fair on enough. that merit. Because obviously, it, yeah, between those two bands, I would probably listen to After the Burial more, mm-hmm. but. If we're picking a deathcore winner, I'd pick the Acacia well, so Strain. They do so much like horror movie type of stuff, kind of like Ice Nine Kills, but way. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. That stuff. So, uh, the Acacia Strain is our finalist for the deathcore category in our final four. Nice. Now we move on to a category that probably, if you're listening to this and you're just a casual metal listener, you will be more connected with this category than the rest of them. Maybe you should have. I'm going to be more category. disconnected with this. You so. might, but you know all the bands, I hope. Maybe. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> if not, I'll help you out. Sweet. All right. So we have number one, obviously, Metallica versus number 16, Rammstein. I don't think I've ever heard of Metallica, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'll give it to Metallica. Is Rammstein even, like, metal, really? Well, I guess we're just doing Legends. Like, so, like, yeah, I mean, they're, like. I always thought of them as, like, Alex- industrial. Yeah, like industrial-ish type of whatever. I mean, they still tour all What was time. that movie? What movie? Was it Triple X? They're in a couple of different. Some movie that yeah. they, like, they were, like, they as a band were in, right. like, in a scene. And right. I feel like Vin Diesel is in it, so I'm going to have to say Triple X. Okay, but... that's cool. That works for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so now we have number eight, and I know people are going to harp on me for these uh, these seatings here, and it's not that I don't love them. I love classic metal, but 
I had to see things where I thought they were appropriate for matchups. So number eight, Black Sabbath versus number nine, uh, who did I put? Judas Priest. Uh, I guess Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so too. They're, you know, legendary and they're the reason why we're even sitting here. So true. Uh, number five, Pantera versus number twelve, System of a Down. System. I would have to go with that too. I just Phil Anselmo rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. He's just and I, again. The whole white power thing, whatever, white supremacist thing that he, whether he's actually about it or not, maybe he's not. He's just made the wrong moves. And there's like a lot of racism in old school metal. I've there noticed. really is. And, and especially Pantera. I mean, Dimebag, awesome guy. Um, but when you have a rebel flag on your flying V. Who's the, oh, what was the band? Uh, Mushroom Head. Oh God! The one yeah. dude from Mushroomhead was like, like I, think he, I think he dropped an N bomb on Facebook or yeah, something. Yeah, like, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. They actually had a rebel flag mask, but that's that's after everybody left, you know. So it's all these new guys that are retarded. Yeah, but I'll, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I can't exactly say how I know these things, but I there is some racism in that band there for were. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know all those guys, so I get it. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um. All right, we have number four, Anthrax, versus number 13, Lamb of God. This is actually probably not an easy one. Uh, Lamb of God. Yeah? Yeah, without a question. Okay, I mean, okay. I like, without a doubt. Oops. I like, uh, you know, I like Anthrax. I like the old thrash, um, but Lamb of God. I actually saw them both on the same bill last summer. It was Slayer, Lamb of God, Anthrax, Testament, and Behemoth. Hmm. Sick bill. Uh, Lamb of God is is very timeless. Yeah. You know, they're, just, they're just, I don't even know how you can categorize them. For me, it's just metal. They just do it really well, I feel like, yeah. for what they do. It's not like my thing, really, but like sure. I can respect it for yeah, what it is. For sure. Uh, number six, Slipknot. Number 11, Corn. I had to match these two up right away. Ah, uh, oof. Yeah, Slipknot, for okay. sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure Corn. Corn's know, Korn even debatable. The first band like... to use a seven string yeah. in metal. Right? Or they, in metal. Did they do it before Slipknot did? Yeah. Uh, Slipknot doesn't use seven. Are you sure about they that? Only, yep. They only used. Uh, seven for two songs, uh, Psychosocial, and they used a baritone. And um, 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 what's the other one that just came out the last album? Uh, Devil and I. I feel like I need to fact check you on you this. You can. <laughs> they, they're in drop B, I promise. I promise. Which is a... Six-string tuning. It's one I step guess, from yeah. C, you know? I mean, even... Did uh, they... Well, I just always thought they played in the standard seven-string, which is B. No. So... Yeah, I don't know. I for swore on the. D- All right, yeah, I'll take your word for it, but I'm gonna I'm so, gonna Google Slipknot this. Slipknot is literally my favorite band of all time. Sure, and I so maybe you know more than me. I, I was super obsessed when I was younger in my angsty teen days. Mm-hmm. I still love them and listen to them all the time, but like I was like obsessed. I had books. I had a mate v kill repeat uh, pressing. Yeah, I had all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're sick. Yeah. Uh, so now we have number three, Megadeth, and number 14, Rob Zombie. <laughs> Since musically I don't care about either of these people, I'm going to go with Rob Zombie. Cause man, he... you don't want Megadeth? My name's Dave Mustaine, man. Well, That's what he sounds like. Trash music. Yeah, well, that's okay. I, you know, <laughs> I'm not a huge Megadeth fan, per no, se, I mean, I although just, yeah. their newer album, believe it or not, their newer album, uh, Symphony of Destruction, was one of my favorites. Word. And they uh, won a Grammy for it, so you can't really... Yeah, because, I mean, Grammys are totally based on musical well, talent and ability. Oh, we won't go there. It has nothing to do with the <laughs> politics. Although, it was funny, because when he uh, won the Grammy, he walked up to accept it in a Metallica song. I think Master Puppets was playing it. Oh, I remember when that happened. Yeah, that was, like, a so, big deal. Yeah. It just goes to shows that, like, 
at the Grammys, like even if you're like the star of metal, like they're so out of touch, they don't know who you. It's yeah. all the same to yeah, them. Like, no oh, clue. play the but one with like, the riffs. All right, because you know what? I'm not in Metallica anymore, and I want a Grammy still. So nice. Good for me, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, now we have number seven, Iron Maiden, and number ten, Sepultura. Ah. Uh, I feel like I like. As a prog kid, I'm supposed to pick Sepultura or whatever here. Sepultura. I'm pretty sure Between the Barrier and Me covered them. Or Yeah. Uh, There's, for I'll go based on that because I don't really li- – I mean, Iron Maiden, uh, come on, run dude. Run to the hills. Ugh. What's wrong with you? Lame uh, music. The Troopers. No, well, no, no, no. Actually, no, no, no. Beer. No, I'm going to back up because I actually uh, uh, did a – Affiance covered uh, Aces High. Yeah. And I did the uh, some of the production on it. Actually, I wrote – they left a space for a breakdown huh. and said, make it a genty breakdown. So I whipped out my eight string <laughs> to like a drop E into this sick gent breakdown on an Iron Maiden song. I'm gonna so check that out. I'm going to give them, and Dennis killed that. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Iron Maiden actually nice. there. Yeah. Good call. I'm a, even though I don't reason, care you know, about that band. <laughs> New wave of British heavy metal for whatever reason I'm really into. Yeah. I uh, love Iron Maiden a lot. Um, so we'll see what happens next round. But uh, finally, we have number two, Slayer, and number 15, Marilyn Manson. 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 You know, fucking Slayer is great uh, from a musical standpoint. I summarize vocals. I just, for whatever reason, I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, no, I mean, they're not, obviously, I just, eh, I don't care yeah. about Slayer. Yeah. Every time I've heard of Slayer, so I'm just like, oh, cool. So you're just not a thrash guy. I, I am if it's, like, interesting. I'm okay. sure at the time that was really interesting. But now I'm just like, sick, man. You can well, play like, yeah, I don't They'll know. wave at you from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that's okay. Yeah, no, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we have Metallica versus Black Sabbath. Uh, whew, Metallica. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Cooler, clean I, stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're one seed for a reason. Uh, System of a Down versus Lamb of God. System. System. All right, that's interesting. And I, I probably would say the same thing, and I'm lucky I get to see them in May for first time. And yeah. They never come to the States, so uh, that'll be interesting. Slipknot, Rom Zombie. Uh, Slipknot, for yeah, sure. I would agree, as you would have guessed. And uh, Iron Maiden and Marilyn Manson. Uh, hmm. Both so awful. No, I'm kidding. Uh <laughs> Probably Manson, honestly. Manson, okay. I just like him. That's not, I'm not even judging that on music. He's such a dick, though. Yeah, but he's like, when we went on like Bill O'Reilly, and Bill O'Reilly was just trying to get him with like a gotcha on like, ah, why are you ruining America? Yes. And he just like articulately just like responded in the exact opposite way that O'Reilly thought of, was going to uh, happen. D. Snyder went and uh, testified under Congress because uh, Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore, she mm-hmm. had this whole thing about, uh, I think it was like the 12, I don't remember, it was 12 albums that she wanted banned. Mm hmm. And one of them was a Twisted Sister album. And uh, he went to testify in Congress about whatever. And he came in, like, his pink spandex with a zebra top and his hair crazy and makeup and everything. He looked, you know, like a hair metal crazy guy. Yeah. And he sat down, and he was, like, a Rhodes Scholar. Like, he would, ju- he just owned Congress. And they looked up. And I actually interviewed some of the Congress people later, and they are like, yeah, I... Uh, I had nothing to say. About Didn't see that it. coming. Yeah, so, that's funny. That just reminded me of that. Um, all right, so Metallica and System of a Down. I guess Metallica. You say that so reluctantly. Because, like, I don't know. Is System of a Down even metal? Like, Yeah. Kind of. It's Armenian just weird. Metal. It's weird. 
but that's what's wrong with weird. Nothing. I love System of a Down. Yeah. But like, I guess if I'm trying to pick like the best legendary metal band here, yeah. I'd probably pick Metallica. There, I guess. He just sounds so uh, loathing of his this, own answer. <laughs> this is the one quadrant that I just could yeah. care less about. But I want to get to the. I want to get to it. So right. Yeah. right. Uh, Slipknot and Manson. Uh, Slipknot. Okay. Yeah. Smart move. Should be obvious who's gonna win this. Actually. I have a feeling Slipknot. Yeah. Metallica. For sure. Which is fine. I put that too because Slipknot. As much as their sound has changed over the years, the message of the sound is still the same. Yeah. And Metallica has gone through, I mean, insane anger, man. <laughs> you know? Still not, I guess you could say All Hope Is Gone was a bad album, but it wasn't really a bad kind album. Kind of, not really, though. Right. Like, it just it, wasn't like what people were kind of expecting exactly. from them, but it was still really good. I don't think they've really had a bad good. album yet. No, Corey Taylor's awesome, yeah, dude. He's he really so is. sick. And uh, Chris Fane probably doesn't think so, but, uh, you know, yeah. he didn't want to be in the band because Blah. he wasn't getting money. Whatever. Um, all right, so now we are to our final four. This should be really interesting, and I put these these uh, quadrants where I put them for a reason here. Oh, shoot. All right, so we've got Architects versus Periphery. Yeah, that goes to Periphery. Okay, yeah. good, good call. Yeah, 100%. I was going to be a little worried there, but we've got Periphery. Now we have... The Acacia Strain and Slipknot. Acacia Strain. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Man. I didn't see that coming at all. I really didn't. <laughs> That's uh, I guarantee you, nine out of ten metal fans would have said Slipknot. Maybe. I guess it depends on what you look for out of metal. Like who's heavier? Well, Acacia Strain by far, dude. Okay. What Acacia Strain's heaviest album versus Iowa? I don't know if Iowa was that heavy though. What? Because okay, it depends on how you're defining it. These are also like such subjective terms. Yeah. But like, to me, like heavy does this thing to me that like I don't know. The, it, Iowa's like super upbeat and like right. everything's almost like kind of two steppy and thrashy like the whole time. So like, you like you like down tempo heavy. Yeah, that's what heavy like. Not necessarily heavy could be blast beats and 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 yeah, like that, that's why I said like this is such a subjective term because yeah. to me heavy like blast beats aren't heavy like. Huh. That's something else. Heavy is like the you know the dun dun like you know you know so, what I mean. So, yeah, Damn it. Sort of, but 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 then you're kind of saying death metal is not heavy. Uh, is it heavy? It's very heavy, mm. or grindcore for that matter. Uh, it might be aggressive, but I don't know if it's heavy. Uh, that could be a different topic for another time because that's that's quite interesting how how you've metricized that. Um, yeah. All right, so. Decay's strain and periphery. That's, periphery. That, yeah, wow. That, <laughs> I mean, honestly, come on. That was not what I expected for this bracket. Yeah. But knowing you, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, for the record, for me, it probably would have been Slipknot versus. Oh boy. You know, it, it very well could have been Slipknot versus Periphery, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but I would have had Slipknot winning at all. Yeah. Just just because of my fandom, but uh, wow. Interesting. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I, I thought of this the other day. Apparently, August Burns Res is actually doing this on their Facebook page, but I didn't even know about it. I just thought of it on my own. Really? I made my own bracket. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, but uh, like I said, uh, the bracket will be on my page, all the Liquid Sound Records pages, yada, yada. Um, and this might be a good thing for me to do when I have other guests on of other genres, um but uh yeah i think that w that was pretty cool it was really fun yeah uh we are hit we are hitting over an hour here so i want to wrap oh it man up. yeah 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 um but uh i appreciate you ha having you on absolutely we had a really man. cool uh time good exercise and uh if anybody wants to check out central eight studios plug them right now 
Yep. Uh, CentralAidStudios.com. Check us out, man. All right. Awesome. And Wide Eyes? Uh, if you want. I don't know. We're kind of lame. <laughs> Get him on, on uh, Spotify, dude. Wide, uh, Wide Eyes is awesome. I love him. So, all right. Uh, that is all for today. And as always, I don't know. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.